What up fam, it's Alan Thomas, your Nubian scribe. This episode is entitled Social Justice in the Age of Social Media. First, let me tell you how I define social media. I define it with two words, community talk. Yep, community talk. To me, it's just that simple to define. Consider this, what is social? It's folks getting together. And what is media? A means for communities to get together to tell their truths or lack thereof. Peep this. Back in the day, an Aboriginal leader of the Sioux tribe by the name of Sitting Bull said this. It does not take many words to tell the truth. And you know, he was right. But on the other hand, for those who refuse to speak the truth, there's Adolf Hitler, who is attributed to saying, if you repeat a lie enough times, people will believe it. And that's exactly what's happening today. Not only in the United States, i.e. the big lie, but also in Russia regarding its non-invasion of Ukraine. Fam, back in the day, when slavery was supposedly over in the United States, after the South lost the Civil War, the federal government initiated what it referred to as Reconstruction, which gave former slaves the right to vote. Well, the males at least. Sorry, sisters. <laughs> and gave fam the right to own land and run for political office, which they did. And they won local and statewide elections that even took some to Congress. You may be wondering, how did we win those elections fresh out of slavery? Simple, because they could read, write, and understood the consequences of not voting and the impact of not voting will have on them and their children. Now, before you ask, don't, because I already know what you're thinking which is, why aren't our lives any better today? Well, what happened was, which is why this episode is entitled Social Justice in the Age of Social Media, and to help me answer your question is Mrs. Tracy Benoit. Tracy, thanks for agreeing to come on to Overcomers. We still here. Thank you for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. What up, y'all? <laughs> you got a cool last name. I told you that every time I talk to you. Cool last name, Benoit. It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> All right, Trace, I'll try not to refer to you as Benoit throughout the program. I like that okay, name. thank you. Oh. <laughs> You're like, one time is enough. All right, so, <laughs> so before we dive into what fam want to know, What's your definition of social media? My definition of social media is anything that has, um, that you can, uh, it's word of mouth. It's uh, uh, the social media platforms. Uh, it's magazines. It's uh, newspapers. Uh, it's, it's church. Church. It's gossip. Okay. <laughs> They don't gossip in church, do they? 
Oh, they they gossip in church. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you the difference. Wow, that's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard me mention reconstruction in my opening, and and what it did for our peeps back in the day. Uh, let's talk about how social media back in the day, you mentioned newspapers, and back then they had poster boards too. Let's talk about how they were used to take away the rights that fam were given after the Civil War. So, okay. Tracy, yeah, okay. So, Tracy, what what's the most effective way, in your opinion, to turn public opinion against something or someone? I would say back in Reconstruction, um, it was word of mouth. It was it was uh, lies. It was propaganda. Mm-hmm. That that's the easiest way to turn someone or a group of people against another group of people is you, as you said in your opening, perpetuate a lie. Yeah. Um, the you know lies was um, were have always been told about us you know and basically stereotyping mm-hmm. uh, uh blacks so it would be you know the myth of the the scary black man you know they're going to come in and they're going to rape your daughters and your wives yeah and so you know they perpetuated that lie and it still goes on today True that. um uh, back then about, you know, you have to be careful about interacting with them and talking to them and socializing with them. So, but in reconstruction, that was done by word of mouth. That was, that was, uh, done by their newspapers. That was, everybody did it. You know, it was, it was done in, in the halls of Congress. Yeah. Now, when you say everybody did it, uh, be more specific so my listener know who and what you're talking about. You said everybody. Yeah. Well, whites. Oh, okay. So as that that's no other way to put it. That they perpetuated the stereotype uh, about African Americans. So what I'm hearing you couldn't you, be trusted. So what I'm hearing you say, and, and this is what I I share the same opinion about the most effective way to turn public opinion against something or someone or in this specific instance. A group of people, us, is uh, fear to make fear. Yeah, to yes, make, most yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. And it works. And, and and to this day, I'm sorry, but to this day, that's you know, that's that's the they use it in the election. Mm-hmm. Trump did. Yeah. In the election in 2000, you know, in 16, mm-hmm. um, when he talked about um, people crossing the border, they're rapists. There's a fear right yeah. there. They're coming across the border and they're committing all these crimes against us. And so, you know, I'm going to stop that if I'm going if if I were elected your president. Right. Still doing it today. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is social media is a powerful weapon. It can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Most definitely. Okay. So um you know, one of the craziest stories we mentioned um, Reconstruction, that time period, and how to use fear to turn others against us. One of the craziest things that they would say is black folks, they can't fend for themselves. They can't think and they can't do for themselves without us, us them being the Euros. What's your opinion on that? 
we were creating things long before we were taken across the ocean. Amen. Um, There's, um, uh, there was, I was listening to a a radio station uh, yesterday and they were discussing about when you think about uh, slavery, Mm -hmm. you don't think that, you know, they just didn't steal, you know, our people. Yeah. And bring them across the ocean. They stole our scientists, our mm. doctors, mm. our nurses, Come our on. teachers. Come on. That's what they stole from yeah. us. Yeah. And so, you know, when you go back and you think about it that way, you know, we we were doing things long before we even came across the water, you know, and we're still inventing things. There's a long list of things that we've invented no one uh, why would the euros need to create a cotton gin they weren't out there picking cotton <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that lasts two seconds out there that's uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you so why why and why how could we not bend for ourselves we you know we are thinkers we, we we have the ability, we have the means, you know, we just have to be provided the same opportunity as everyone else. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to talk to you and uh, have you on this show to talk about social justice in the age of social media because social media uh, has been used against us in different forms. You know, like we talk about it, it's used newspapers, poster boards, word of mouth. You know, now we have a different type of social media platform today and it's still being used against us you know to marginalize us to demean us and to keep us in bondage mentally and physically and financially your thoughts on that yeah i I totally agree um you know we let's go back to the to the past Mm -hmm. you know social media newspapers um, in the past, word of mouth. No one knew that in Oklahoma there was a Black Wall Street. Yeah. Okay. We had everything there. We needed nothing. Right. It's just coming to light now that of the prominence that Black people had, and we can have, and we and we realize. But social media now, what it does is. It, it highlights all of the negatives. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they, they throw the fear out there about, you know, blacks are the ones out there uh, killing, doing the crime. You know, we are the main ones. When actually it's not true. Right. When you actually look at it statistically. And so you talk about our children. I think you... Um, had a podcast earlier when you talked about the uh, school to prison pipeline. Yes. And, you know, when you start immediately trying to criminalize our children, then you automatically are sending them into the legal system so that we cannot become what we should be. And so they they use a number of different tools to marginalize us. They use the, they use word of mouth. They use social media, Facebook, Twitter, you know, for, for weeks now, 
no one can stop talking about Chris Rock and um, Will, Smith Will Smith and the slap and Will Smith yeah. and the slap. The slap heard around the world. Yeah. It was a slap. Yes. Was it newsworthy for a day? It was. But if you go and you read people's comments and you really listen, you know, this is this is what they say about us. We don't know how to control ourselves. Even people with money, look at how they act. Right. But what's interesting that, that's, about that's not the narrative. What what's interesting about what you said about the, the slap uh, saw around the world is that you had two black men who were wealthy, who are wealthy, and, mm-hmm. and celebrated. One chose to follow the stereotype. The other, like our fam back in the day, chose to have restraint to show that all black people aren't like the stereotype projects and what is projected in social media. So that was, that was good that Chris Rock withstood himself as a man as a black man to show that hey there are other ways to deal with people who are aggressive you know and so uh, and and the fact that he didn't have will smith arrested show further restraint and so Almost it, definitely. yes and so back to what you're saying it's, it's the stereotyping in social media and also it's the fear factor that we discussed you mentioned our children being locked up why are they being disproportionately locked up because Society says black children grow to be black men and women who are dangerous. And with thus, we have to lock them up early at the moment they step out of line, like they did there back in the day in slave time. And, and, and there, there you go with the stereotyping. But it's not only that we're dangerous, they know our potential. Exactly. So, he- so if you if you keep someone if you can keep somebody from reaching their potential, then you've already achieved mm, your mission. Right. And, and what's interesting, uh, going back to reconstruction, is that if they if, if this is how powerful social media is, you, you got the facts. The facts is after you know doing reconstruction, black folks black folks were given substantial rights to own property, to vote, and and, and things like that, and they exercised those rights. Well, if they couldn't think and do for themselves, then how is it that they knew the rights that they had and they used those rights, you know, those newfound freedoms to get political influence and most importantly, gain financial security. And in some cases, although it was a short period of time, to start generating generational wealth. Stupid people can't do that, but they did. Because we've never been stupid. Exactly. That's why we've never, we, we are not a stupid people. Like we were kings and queens before we came to the United States, to right. America. Yes. You know, and, but not only that, we were already here. If you go back and you look at the history, mm-hmm. we were already here. Come on. It, so it, it's not like they just brought us here and we just, we were already here. And yeah. that is documented in history. Yeah. But when we talk about, you know, when they say that we, we're dumb, we're not able to, um, we don't have the knowledge, we have to depend on them, that is what they wanted. That's what they tried to perpetuate. That's why they, it was against the law to teach us to read yeah. and to write because they already knew our potential. So when the when slavery ended and Reconstruction started, although we were promised 
40 acres in a mule and it actually wasn't 40 acres in a mule but you know but we were promised these things that is where you had people coming in and they that's when you started with the well lynching was already but that's when they really started the fear of trying to uh stroke fear in us and in other um euros because they didn't want us to vote right they didn't want us to read they didn't want us to write they they stood at the polls that's where the poll tax came in you had to be able to prove that you could read yeah before they would allow you to vote now, now let me let me interject when you say you know they didn't want which is true they didn't want us to it was a law against teaching us how to read and write what fam out there need to know is that they didn't want us to read and learn their language as you said before we we knew how to read and write we had our own language we were able to communicate with with each other on those plantations so we knew how to read and write we just didn't know how to read and understand their language there you go but we learned it and we absolutely yes and we used it and we had to yes we had yes. i mean because you can't you can't control somebody if they can't understand you exactly. you can beat somebody to death mm-hmm. but they had to we had to learn the language in in order to be able to work their fields yes so if we came from a different country speaking a different language <clears throat> excuse me writing a different language that that showed you our intelligence that we we were intelligent people and we are intelligent people because we picked up on their language we were bilingual back in the day there you go you may have beat our backs but hey we can talk about you behind yours there you go <laughs> always, always. <laughs> so so let me ask you this so you know they you know going back to they're thinking that we're stupid and 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 illiterate and all this other stuff why would they trust somebody who is stupid can't think for themselves and can't do for themselves with their children that's crazy because they believe that we were subservient Mm -hmm. it wasn't that they thought that we were stupid Mm -hmm. they knew we weren't stupid Mm -hmm. that is the propaganda they put out there to other people yeah but you, we, we cooked, we cleaned, we took care of their children when they couldn't take care of their children. Right. And so we, we've always been able, I, I, there's a joke in my family, we're hustlers. We yeah. do whatever we need to do on the right side of law, well, whether it be two, three jobs. Well, let's say entrepreneurs. To get where we need to go. Let's say entrepreneurs. I know what you mean by hustlers, but you know we don't want to add to the stereotype. <laughs> we're entrepreneurs. We're entrepreneurs. <laughs> we're entrepreneurs. Go getters. Go getters. We're go getters. Okay. There you go. Because to be an entrepreneur would mean that we are out there. And we have our. We're, I think of an entrepreneur as someone that has their own business. Yeah. So we're go getters. We are hard workers. Yes. We we are out there getting what we need to sustain ourselves and our families and to leave general uh, generational wealth for our children. I tell you what, Tracy, if, if uh, I thought somebody was stupid and can't do for themselves, I'm not leaving my house 
and leave my children with them, I wouldn't even let them cut my fingernails. social media even back then where it's more prolific now is that the fear factor is the main thing that basically keep us fighting each other because they have turned fear against each other oh that black woman is taking a black man's job or that black man is keeping a black woman down he's scared of her or intimidated by her they put in social media Post out there put, pitting us against each other. And they've used that same tactic back in the day, talking about the field in and the house in. House, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we believe and, in know, this garbage. And, 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 and sadly, we do. And, you know, and, and so instead of reaching back and helping each other, mm-hmm. you, we have those who have made it, who believe, well, I made it. So with some hard work, you can make it. Right. But they have to realize that somebody opened the door to them. And that's all we're asking for is equality. Make sure that you're opening the door to everyone, not just to select you. So, and so but they, they're using that, that propaganda to say, oh, the reason why, brother, you don't have a good job is because that sister over there got your job. She should be at home taking care of them kids. Right. And hey, they've used it always, but they've used um, monetary fear to really break up the black family. Okay, elaborate on that. Because back in the day, if you wanted assistance, Mm -hmm. if you needed assistance, whether it be rent assistance, housing assistance, or food stamps, or whatever. Right. If you if you're in uh, low income, the only way that you could get that assistance as a woman is you couldn't have your man couldn't be in the house. That's true. That's real talk. That's real talk. And so, so therefore, that's how they used that the monetary to separate and break up black households. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it's. It's been going on forever, just in different forms. And, and, and for those members of our family who believe or society said that they made it, right? You mentioned the folks who out there made it and don't want to give back and turn it back on those who are in need and they don't go and help them. Uh, they hadn't really made it. Let them get out of line. Let them say something stupid. Let them do something stupid, you know, and they will be lambasted on social media and they will lose what they've gained and I, we can name off a bunch of black celebrities celebrated people in business entertainment and whatever you know they thought that they made it but then they learned quickly you know <laughs> once the year was turned against them that was it so there you go. right so you ain't really made it 
making it is when you can do stuff that euros do and there's no consequences. Uh, thank you. So let me let me ask you. So you know, back in the day, we didn't have black Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> black Twitter, something yeah. else today. That ain't no joke. It's a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> Good, bad, or indifferent, it's out there. <laughs> there you go. And so, uh, but thank God we had other means to get our truths out there, i.e., black-owned communications and our own voices. So your your thoughts, Tracy, on 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 those uh, uh, publications um, rebutting what 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 uh, what the Euro publications said about us? Well, they were invaluable. They still are. You you get the other side of the narrative. Mm-hmm. You actually get to see not only what is going on, but you see it from a different light. Mm-hmm. So um, back in Reconstruction, we had our own little our own little books, mm-hmm. our, our pamphlets. Yeah. But I go, I, I said, church, you know, word of mouth is the best social media before we had, before, you know, internet was uh, developed. Right. So, you know, it, it, it allowed people to know that, this atrocity or this injustice was happening in this location. And, and so it, so that we could mobilize and that we could, uh, I would say counteract or protest in whatever way that we could, you know, civil rights, civil rights, you know, that was, that was newspapers that was some radio yeah. that was going door to door mm-hmm. that was talking to your neighbor yeah that you know that was passing it from family member to family member across the country for us to mobilize so that we could gain the rights that we did yeah so you know one of those publications uh that that uh, you talked about that we you know that was out there that the pamphlets passed out pamphlets and black-owned newspapers, things like that, was the Freeman's Journal, which was founded in 1827. What do you think about that name, Freeman's Journal? Why did it have to be the Freeman's Journal? Well, here's my take on it, because, you know, it's it's the it's the black man's perspective, a black person's perspective. Like, we're free, and we're going to tell our truths. Okay. I thought it was a cool I, I name. Yeah. I, it, it's a great name. It's sad that it had, to, and it's sad that we have to be that distinctive, and we still have to be even today. But you know, um, I think you know, it, it. That was the only way that we could um, differentiate differentiate ourselves from other publications. Yeah. So uh, I believe. You know, I still believe I'd love to hold a newspaper in my hand today. I know they they're they're cutting them in, but I love sitting back on Sunday and reading the newspaper. So I I think it's invaluable. I think it's a source to, you know, for everyone to be able to get a different side, a, a different point of view. Yeah. What's interesting about the Freeman's Journal was that it circulated. It was circulated in D.C., Haiti. Europe, Canada, and eleven states in the United States. That's wow, crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's crazy. And so, you know, and it was a black owned business. And so uh so that's dope for a black owned business, you know, 
from a race of people who supposedly can't think and do for themselves. So that that's evident. There you go. 1827, you know. And it was only in business for two years, but listen, for the two years that they were in business, to get, to get that much circulation, you know, that's, that's a, awesome. That's awesome. So, Tracy, why do you, why is social media so effective in pushing false narratives? I think it's effective in push, pushing false narratives because people, all people, not just euros, mm-hmm. but blacks, mm-hmm. browns, and they they listen to what they hear and they don't research. Mm, okay, that's yeah, that's pretty pretty straightforward. That's it. <laughs> to me, that's exactly what it is. You know, my son and I, when the uh, before the the election. Uh, you know, he watches YouTube. He's of that generation Z, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he he will come out and he'll tell me what he heard. And I'm like, anything that you hear on YouTube, I can go and find ten different things that will oppose that. Yeah. I said because I said you can always have someone put out their opinion. Oh, it's not opinion. It is an opinion. <laughs> It's an opinion, son. That's what it is. It's somebody's <laughs> opinion on their YouTube channel. Yeah. I can go and create my own YouTube channel and put my opinion out there. Unless you have some scholarly facts to back up what you're stating, it is just your opinion. Right. And so that is what I find the, the biggest problem is that people listen to one news channel, listen to read one paper, yeah. um, listen to only a select group of people and believe everything that they're told instead of making variety the spice of their life and listening to, a, you have to listen to opposing views to be able to understand what is going on. Yes. I can, you can continue to shovel something to someone every single day and they're going to believe what they tell you. You're going to believe what they tell you if you are not diligent to go out there and seek out the truth and people today because social media because social media and the internet and uh the phone and all of this is so prevalent Mm -hmm. they are too lazy to or i won't even say lazy lazy busy preoccupied to go and research and find out everything about that issue and a good thing about my podcast which is on YouTube, <laughs> is that I back mine up with facts. Anybody can go out and research it, and they will see this is something that I'm not making up. I'm not pulling out the side of my neck. These are facts, historical facts, and a lot of times I quote a lot of things in the Bible. So uh, it's not my opinion. It's not my purpose to mislead anybody. That's why I put the facts out there and then i have guests who speak truth and guests like you we tell people where to find information we talk candidly about things of a historical nature that has been documented well documented yes so let me ask you the the uh the opposite question of that uh why why is it that the truth doesn't get that same kind of traction that's not as effective as false narratives it's not sexy it's, it's, it's not interesting to them. It's, it's not, it's not tantalizing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, sometimes the truth is just the truth. 
and, and some people don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. They, you know, it's easy to have your preconceived notions about a group of people or a subject or whatever. It's harder to change someone's opinion about that. So it's, you know, when you are telling the truth, people, some people just don't want to hear it. They don't want to change. They, they, it's easier to demonize than it is to, okay, the way I've been thinking is completely wrong. Yeah. So I need to change that. Change takes time and it's a hard process. Some people don't want to put in the work. So that goes back to how do you unring a bell? You can't. There you go. Yeah. So, and, and it goes back to the criminal justice system. In theory, in theory, you're innocent until proven guilty. But once an allegation is made against you and it hits social media, you're guilty in the eyes of the public. There you go. It's, it's crazy. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's really simple. And I'm sorry to say, but for black people, for black and brown, that, that whole saying you're innocent until proven guilty that doesn't apply to us right we have to prove that we are innocent yeah yeah even walking down the street getting pulled over by the popo you know we got to prove like oh we live in this neighborhood there you you go what what what, this is this is my car yeah i I work for this (laughs) i work in this building in fact i own the building and pay your tax (laughs) pay my taxes pay your salary Yeah, it's it's just that that stereotype, that truth, that's the truth that a lot of people don't want to believe. They don't want to believe that you are capable of living better than they are and that you've done it the right way, that you are working hard for it. And then when we do do everything that we are capable of doing and then the Euros look at us like you mentioned the Black Wall Street and there were other communities uh, outside of uh, Oklahoma that were affluent black communities, when they see that, said so they're living better than us, they're taking, you can fill in the blank from us. How we? How can we take money out of your pocket when you're not letting us eat in your restaurant, shop in your stores, you're not giving us insurance, so we start our own companies and we are very affluent and successful in doing so. And so then you're going to want to burn it down. Well, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't keep us out of your out of your community, you know, out of your financial system, we create our own, and then you get upset because we have thrived because of the adversities and the roadblocks you put against us, and then you want to burn it down. Burn it down. We we want your money. We just don't want other people to know that we're getting your money. So come in through the back door. Yeah. They there can, you go. Yeah, they can dismiss That's me with that. That's how we want it. Yeah. That, you know, I, we we that whole that whole process of separate but equal is not true. Yeah. So because when we are separate and we're doing well, like you said, then then they're mad. So you shouldn't be equal. That's the thing. They don't want us to be equal. Or I better. Hate to say that. Or better. But yes. And so hence we go back to you know education. We're not on the same playing field when you are in a city and, you know, your taxes are supposed to go to pay for, you know, uh, school taxes and you have kids in 
poor neighborhoods who are not getting the same things as the kids that are in the richer neighborhoods. Right, they're getting books. That's uh, a whole different story. Three years, three years old, and the the, the Euro students are getting fresh books and and, yeah. and iPads. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So, um, how do we, how do we as black people counter false narratives that are so detrimental to our quest for social justice? We have to speak our truth. Okay. We we have to make sure that our voices are heard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. They, I know we have Black Twitter, but Black Twitter actually came about. The name Black Twitter actually came about and more um, recognized when you had millions of people on regular Twitter that were black, mm-hmm. that were speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, and they kept retweeting about an issue. And so that is how black Twitter actually became so prominent, that name, black Twitter. Yeah. This wasn't because we had, you know, they created black Twitter. It's because blacks actually were on Twitter tweeting about injustice. Spreading that truth. There you go. We have to perpetuate the truth. We have to get it out. We have to get the word out. So here's here's what I believe. I, I agree what you're saying. I also believe that another way is by good people with a moral conscious striving, striving to put truths before faces that look different than ours, be it newspapers, digital platforms, or word of mouth, like you were saying. Yes, I totally agree. They they and but see that 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 steps out there with people, you know, we we have the social media platforms right now, Mm -hmm. but it's also, we have so many people and I'm guilty of it. I, I, I won't even deny it. I, I feel so overwhelmed at times Mm -hmm. that I stay off of social media because there is so much negativity out there. And so, and on social media, so I try to block it out. Yeah. But because there are so many people that are on there, we have to stop and say to ourselves, if we do not, if we don't engage, then the lie will stay the lie. Engage with other people who don't look like us. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, Tracy, it's sad uh, that I can't say with conviction that good Christian folks, as opposed to good people with a moral conscience will put our truths before faces different than ours because according to world history, which is well documented, you had good Christian folks, not only in the United States, who had enslaved fam serving God on Sunday and whipping, raping, and murdering fam Monday through Saturday and even at the church. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that's why I differentiate it, you know, and I, and I hate that I have to, but because of that historical fact, you know, we can't rely on good Christian folks because, hey, those same good Christian folks were doing fam something horrible. Mm. It's sad, but it's true. And, and, and they, and unfortunately, they used the Bible to perpetuate that they had the right mm-hmm. to you know, enslave us, right. that that we were less than. And so, yes, definitely, you can't just say Christian, you just have to say good people. 
And fam, if you want to know what Tracy's talking about, you got to listen to the episode because I talk about that in great detail. That's a lot what they're talking about. But the social media again, you know, uh, and what Adolf Hitler said, you know, you repeat a lie long enough, enough times, people don't believe it. So I guess they weren't they weren't taught in church to treat others like you want to be tre- treated. Otherwise, no, they were taught that in church. <laughs> oh, they just ignored it. They were it. taught that in church. <laughs> they just they, look. They just overlooked that. That's it. Or you know, euros believed. Unfortunately, they believed that we weren't people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what was shame is that uh, you know. We, we, these things that we talked about before Reconstruction, during Reconstruction, and now, it's, it's so familiar today, and the only constant is fear in their social media campaigns against us to marginalize us, to demean us, you know, and to keep us from achieving equality and social justice. Yes, you know what? You, you're talking about that, but I, I think about back during Reconstruction and after Reconstruction, how they would lynch black people and publish it on the paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make an event. And, and we, it was an event. It, it was it was like a community event for them. They brought their kids to see it. Thank you. And so, and, and the only way that we could combat that, you know, oh, you know, look at, look at, um, Emmett Till. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't watch that TV series that's on. I can't I, watch it. I, I, I can't I, watch I, it. I cannot watch it. But look what they did to that poor boy over a lie. Yeah. Over a lie. Yeah. And they thought it was a great thing that they were doing because we're protecting our women. But it took his mother, his mother to say, I don't want that casket closed. I want the world to see what they did to my baby. Yeah. And that got published on a newspaper for the world to see. Yeah. And and, and what's interesting, you said they they always talk about their women and, and things like that, but if if our women were less than an animal, right, then why would you uh-huh. want to stick your pole in that pond? Thank you. <laughs> there you go. If they were so disgusting, if they were so disgusting (laughs) beneath you, (laughs) you're having children. Not only one, but you're having multiple children. And that's why I said, hey, that the lies they perpetuate, there you go. Mm -hmm. It's a lie. And so we're going to tell this lie, but we're going to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a buddy. uh, He's an attorney. uh, Joe Ray Rodriguez. What's up, fella? I know he listens to this podcast. He he was on the show and he said, speaking of your point, Trace, he said, uh, it's just like he said one of his when whenever his criminal attorneys, whenever his criminal defendants come to his office and they tell him one story, he says it's like driving a car, you got to handle the steering wheel, and they tell him the story and then they're you know, they're saying, Well, I turn right, but actually in actuality they're turning left with this story. So, yeah, so that was a very good analogy, you know, because the truth yes. lies, you know, where they're actually going, what they're doing, to your point, Tracy. Uh-huh. You know, they're what they're doing is different than what they're saying. There you go. Yeah. So speaking of social media influence in general, and you and I have spoken about this before, I believe 
the most influential social media person is Jesus Christ. That's but right. he's still telling his story. Thank you. Thank you. So, fam, think about this. Me and Tracy talked about it. Jesus spoke his father's truths in communities that he visited and his words got shared with others in communities where he never stepped foot in. That's the power of social media. It goes back to what Tracy was saying, word of mouth. So, Tracy, because false narratives travel faster than the truth and tends to be believed over the truth, as we enter the week of Easter, your thoughts on the adverse effect that false narratives play in the death of Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a powerful one. Um, I, I, I will go and I will say the false narratives that played into the death of our Savior. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that would be uh, people were power. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to lose power. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that for a lot of people is the motivating factor for them, mm-hmm. um, is power and money. And Jesus came to save everyone. Yes. But in doing so, the people who were in power did not want to be replaced. Mm-hmm. They, they did not, they didn't believe and what he was preaching and what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So therefore, his his own disciples sold him out. Yeah. Um, and it led to his death. Now, unfortunately, it is fortunate for us because that was the, that was God's plan the entire time. Yes. You know, you're he's got you. You're going to have to die so that everyone else can be saved. Yes. But in the end, it was a, you know, you read about it in the Bible, you know, Jesus is like, Father, I believe you, you know, I know I got to do this, but that was a hard road for him to walk. Yes. It really was. And so social media, the word of mouth, you know, played a huge role, you know, uh, he didn't do this and he can't do that, but everyone knew that he did. Right. But even those who were in power, some of them knew of his works, yes. but did not want to put it out there because they wanted to remain in power. Yeah. And so coming into, you know, we're on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, I think we all have to sit back and really think about what is more important. You know, it's we are here on this earth for service. Yes. For service. It's just not about you. It's just not about me. It's about serving each other. And, and so, go ahead. And, and 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 Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins. He wants us to. Not literally pick up the cross, but figuratively make sure that your brother and your sister, you're helping them. And that cross, and, so, that's and that cross is heavy, figuratively is. speaking, because it takes a lot for someone to have a moral conscience 
to do the right thing. Yes. And it, it goes back to what you're saying. You know, social media was used against Jesus Christ because people didn't want to lose their power and influence. And it all boils down to what we talked about earlier. Fear. 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 But, but now that you say that, I will say this. You have a lot of people who get on social media mm-hmm. and who pretend who, who they'll get up and they will say, oh, I'm taking up this cause. But they're not really taking it up, taking up the cause. Just don't get on on social media and do a challenge. Right. If you're going to take up a cause, take up the cause, because too often we have things that are going on. And at the moment, it's great. Everybody is on social media talking about that cause or we're going to change this. And then after a while, it kind of dies down. Yeah, because it's not in it's it's. It's not the hot topic of the day. So I would encourage your listeners to hey, continue to take up that cross and continue to push on until we actually start to see some change. And, and change starts with work. Wouldn't you agree? You, you, yes. can, you can put a challenge out there on social media, right? But yes. unless, like Joe Ray, unless you're doing something... <laughs> You know, are you turning left with your action or are you talking, you know, somebody you're going right when your action is saying you're going left? You know, do, you do more than put a challenge out there. Put in the work. Have a put more conscious to do the right thing when people are saying they don't like what you're saying or doing. And unfortunately, Jesus Christ had to suffer because people. Yay. Yeah. The Bible said faith without works is dead. Yes. Yes. So you got to put the work in. So, Tracy, I, now, I don't know uh, if Ida B. Wells was a Christian. And frankly, that only matters to her maker and our maker. But mm-hmm. what I do know and respect is that she risked her life for the betterment of our race, just like Jesus Christ did for all races. And, Tracy, Ida exposed the magnitude and the extent of the lynchings that were happening in the South. And as a result, she became a powerful social media influence, influencer in her own right. She wrote... She had to move, didn't she? She what? She had to leave. Uh, yes. She, she had, had to leave to, her own home. Yes. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She was speaking that truth. You know, and, and that's why I say it takes courage. It takes courage to stand up have a moral conscience to do the right thing and expose negativity and atrocities. So yes, she did have to move. In fact, she wrote two two uh, pieces that I want to highlight. One uh, is entitled Southern Horrors, Lynch Laws in All Its Phases. And the other piece she wrote is entitled The Red Record. And both of those were written in, in, the, in, the, in, the, 18, in the 1890s. So, Tracy, what, what's your thought on those two titles? Let's start with the Southern Horrors, Lynch Laws in All Phases. That's crazy that you actually have actually lynching laws in these different states. Hey, um, uh, it, it's incredible to think that, you know, it, it, it's incredible that now, look, we're in, what, 2022? Yeah. And they just... Uh, Out loud lynching. Crime to lynch. Mm. 
that's a I'm about to curse. That's a darn shame. Okay, thank you. So there you go. So you know, even though some some states may still have these laws on their books because they're old laws and they don't think that it's going to happen anymore, mm-hmm. but it, it's incredible that you know back back then it oh we've got these laws that you, hey these this is what you can do, you know the horrors of like we said before this was this was a community act yeah that it, it you know hey we're gonna go out and we're gonna barbecue and we're gonna we're gonna lynch us some black people and it was legal to and do she, it thank you and so you know she brought she brought attention to the war to the you know the these people who claim proclaim to be christians but this is what you're doing and people are not getting a fair trial right but back then there was no such thing as a fair trial yeah yeah so that you know that it's incredible that she you know she had the courage to do this you know she had her own family um that she had to protect Mm -hmm. and to put um to put truth to paper showed just how important it was to her that she brought this to to light should I say? Yeah, and 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 for those folks who uh, you know uh, in states that that did outlaw lynching, they turn a blind eye. So basically, you know, the lynching was legal, but she exposed it all. She put it out there to her detriment, which forced her to move and uh, move from her family. Um, you know, because you know the black community in the South, they pretty tight. You know, it's a close. Yes. Yeah, and for her to to, to be forced out of that, that was that was uh, that was troubling. That is troubling. And the other other title, we think about the other title, the red record. You know the implications of that. <laughs> the red record. Mm. <laughs> the, the the red record. That title to me that says I I am I am going to inform you of all the people, all the blood that has been spilled. Mm. Yes. Unjustly, you know, um, based upon propaganda, based upon lies. You know, the list is long. The list is very long. Of, you know, and show you, you know, annotate it, chrono- um, put it on paper, chronolize that these are the people who have died, when they have died, how they died, and the, the, the reason behind it. And when you actually put something like that on paper and people will sit down and they read it, they they realize just how horrific insane that yes, is. Yes. In, that is insane. Yeah. These are the people that are dying across the country for no reason. Yeah. Now I don't know if you're familiar with the uh the red wedding episode from the Game of Thrones. Oh yes I am. <laughs> That's what I thought about when I when I saw that title hers the red wreck, I was like, oh my goodness. Um, massacre. 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 So um are you familiar with the book uh, written by Harper Lee in the 60s, 1960s, entitled To Kill a Mockingbird? Yes, I am. Have you seen a movie? Yes, I have. Do you recall any scene from that movie that stuck out to you or that struck you in a positive, negative way? That, that, listen, don't sweat it, cause I just saw it this uh, recently, and I was I was pissed off. <laughs> I was watching it, and then uh, but then there was some hope, 
in that movie because one scene that stood out to me uh the most and made me believe uh rather hope that there were good people with more conscience still out there it, it was a scene where the main character he's a, he's a white attorney uh, and he was representing a black man who was yes. falsely accused of assaulting a white woman it was that white woman thing again uh and what and what's with uh what what's interesting it, it was still familiar today like we talked about that uh, nothing has changed since reconstruction but um his six-year-old daughter his six-year-old daughter asked him why he was representing that black man when a community was against him doing so and his response was that he wouldn't be able to hold his head up in town if he didn't represent that black man and then he added this line which for me was a line that was real talk because he was keeping it 100, Tracy, with his child. He told her, if you didn't represent, no, he said, he said, he told her if he didn't, yeah, if he didn't represent that man, that he could no longer tell her or her siblings not to do something ever again. That's powerful. So Tracy, uh, What's your thought on the lesson that he taught his child? It's profound. Yeah. It, and, and it shouldn't be because that's how we all should be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's, it goes back to you saying, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. Yeah. And that we are all the same. We're all equal. We all bleed red. Yes. And so... Um, we can't sit back and especially as an attorney, as you well know, um, you can't sit back and say that this person is entitled to, um, fair representation, but this person over here is not entitled to it just because of the color of their skin. Yeah. So that's what that means to me. It, you know, it, it's. Everyone, we go back to saying everyone is innocent until proven guilty, regardless of your background. Right. Now, Tracy, the, um, what makes me believe that her father's, Harper Lee's father message resonated with her is that she wrote that book and it was published during the civil rights era in the 60s. Uh-huh. You know, and so she wanted the world to know that there was still good people like her father out there with a moral conscience. Mm-hmm. And so that's powerful. Imagine if good Christian folks, you know, taught and practice what's in the Bible, i.e. treat others like you want to be treated. I believe that the world could be a calmer, fairer, equal place to live for all races. I want, I'll, I'll go a little, a step farther okay. and say that all people, not just good Christian people, mm-hmm. all people. Yeah, I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, take that, I'm going to treat people how I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, the world will definitely, you will start to actually see some change Yeah. in the world. So, I, I, I get that doing the right thing in the face of public pressure can have an adverse effect on people's lives. 
politically, financially, socially. But I think those who fight through that pressure understands the impact that their conviction to do the right thing will have on others who's being fed false narratives. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I agree. Um, and it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to push through mm-hmm. and, and do the right thing. You know, my, my older son asked me one day about a month ago, Mom, do you think that people who do the wrong thing he said, do you think they get rewarded? They keep getting, you know, it seems like they keep getting blessed even though they they keep doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, son, that is a hard thing to, you know, to think about. And I said, because I'm human, you're human. I said, yeah, I, I think it's horrible to think that somebody who continues to mistreat and, and do someone wrong or they keep doing um bad bad things they throw the bad stuff out and and they never get anything bad back i said but it all comes around and i said what you have to focus on is not so much of what other people are doing yeah but what you are doing yes because we it's it's easy to be to become discouraged when you look at this person doing this and this person doing that what you have to continue to focus on is what you're doing because you may not see your good today. Mm-hmm. I said, but what you put out there, I promise you, those the, the people that you help, just passing on a kind word to someone, yeah. you never know how that person is feeling that day. Mm-hmm. And so you can't focus on the negative because focusing on that will always take you to a place you don't want to be. Right. As it, as we are here, and especially this being, you know, Good Friday, we have to focus on the good. Yes. We have to focus on looking at how we can be better ourselves so that we can better others. And... I think that is the most important thing. It's it's hard. It's hard every day. It's hard. And, and you know, having kids and seeing them go through the things that they're going through mm-hmm. and preaching to them, you, you you have to turn the other cheek. You can't return ugly with ugly. Right. You you know, it, it's 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 a difficult task as a parent, let alone you having to do the same thing too. And so for me as a mother. I feel like the only children will listen to whatever you tell them, but they're going to emulate and do what they see you do. Exactly. So the only way that I can show them that you are supposed to be a blessing and a service to others is to practice that every day. You know, Tracy, that's a great place to end this conversation. I want to thank you again for agreeing to come on to Overcomers. We still here. Well, thank you for having <laughs> me. I really, really appreciate it. It's been wonderful. And it has been wonderful for me to engage with you like I always do in conversation. And something tells me that you're going to be back on the show on another episode. <laughs> I hope so. I always enjoy talking to you. You're very insightful, and our conversations are very in-depth. So, fam, if you ever get a chance to 
Ride the Tracy Benoit Trust and believe you will be in good company and you will have good conversation. So fam, this is the last episode for the season. And as usual, I have some closing thoughts regarding what we discussed in this episode. But first, I want to encourage you to follow me on Instagram at Nubian underscore scribe and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Nubian Scribe and tap about on my channel for links to my books and other merchandise that you can wear to show others you too are a Nubian scribe. I want to remind you that I have another podcast entitled Acts 18.9. I discuss things such as why do bad things happen to good people? Tracy, I think your son should listen to that one. I also discuss the afterlife. Do good deeds go unpunished? That's another one, Tracy, I would recommend your son listen to. They don't get off that easy. And is God and Jesus the same person? And last but not least, words do matter. And I have two seasons with this podcast and I'm thinking about starting a third. So fam, go and listen to Acts 18.9. I have more episodes and more topics on things that matter to us and to the world spiritually. Now fam, let others know you are listening to the overcomers we still hear so they know what you know and fam if you don't think social media in this day and age is not effective then think black lives matter and black twitter just as we have our social media tools so does those who seek to marginalize us just as they did back in the 1820s and before. Social justice, it begins with social education, not just within our own community, but in others too. Sure, before and after the Civil War, the Euros up north, they knew that families being subjected to inhumane conditions and treatment in the south, but because it wasn't placed directly in their faces, they could claim ignorance to the magnitude of fam's agony and trauma. So, in the 60s, during a civil rights era, fam's dire situation was placed literally in a Euro's face, live and in living color, via the TV. And as a result, it made good people with a moral conscience stand up and take action to aid in the fight for social justice. Fam, don't get it twisted. Not all Euros are down with the status quo that is social injustice and systemic racism. A lot of them lost their lives and their livelihoods standing up for fam. Shout out to them for their courage and for their conviction in doing the right thing because they could have remained silent and continued to benefit from the vestiges of slavery. Here's another example of the power of social media. Take the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The world knew that Russia was bombing that country, but when images began to emerge, 
on how bad Ukraine was being impacted by the bombings, i.e. entire cities destroyed, dead bodies lying in the streets, occupied hospitals being targeted and destroyed, the world became outraged and began to take collective action against Russia. Granted, not all the people enraged by Russia's actions are Christians, but all must have consciousness of thought because they're doing the right thing, which is to provide support to Ukraine in the face of evil and wrongdoing. Fam, the use of social media to underscore the plight of the black race is most effective when the lack of social justice in our communities is placed in the forefront of those outside of our community, live and in living color. And today, that means Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and any other digital platforms that are out there. Our ability to tell our truths have proven to be quite an effective means of sharing our collective Freeman's journal via social media of the day. So fam, lift up your voice and sing till earth and heaven rings. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. And for those who have yet to experience it, one love.